Welcome to the Leadership Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Jono White. I'm the founder and principal consultant of Clarity. We are an Australian-based consultancy that works with leaders around the world, and our passion is to invest in people to become everything they're meant to be in order to fill the world with healthy organizations that people love to work for and customers line up to buy from. The goal of this podcast is to invest in you and your leadership. If you're just joining us for the first time, then feel free to check out consultclarity.org. That's our website, consultclarity.org. We have so many free resources on there. The most popular being our seven questions on leadership series. We've had more than 1,500 leaders from around the world in all different sectors give their in-depth answers on leadership, what books they love, what they found most challenging, uh, the most meaningful stories, how they how they structure their time through the day. That's free, so go and check it out. And we'd love to interview you about your leadership. I believe you have advice from your experience, your context, and your life so far that is important and can help other leaders. It's also a great way to give back. It's free to get involved, and you can do so by going to consultclarity.org forward slash seven dash questions dash interest, or just Google consultclarity.org seven questions interest and fill out the form that pops up. We have a free resource for you on our website. It's called Leadership Survival Guide. It's a 57-page ebook. It has interviews with 10 world-class leaders, and you can go to consultclarity.org. It's right at the top and get that today. Uh, we also have a daily email that we send out to over 15,000 leaders, and that email contains the highlights, our best content from our podcasts, our blog, uh, my book, uh, the books that we're loving that are out there about leadership, it's also the best way to get access to our masterclasses and workshops before anyone else. And there's also exclusive and limited uh, special options just for subscribers. And you can subscribe by going to consultclarity.org forward slash subscribe. Now, my gift to you is to work incredibly hard to provide the best leadership content I can to invest in you and your leadership. So if you're finding our content helpful, if you find this podcast helpful, then your gift to me uh, could be this. If you, if you do find it helpful, then write a review or rate our content and make sure you subscribe or follow. I can't emphasize enough how helpful that is. It really does help us to get the word out there so we can invest in more leaders to become everything they're meant to be. It also means a lot to me personally when people like you and people in our community share our content on social media. So if you do that, then please do look for me, Jono White, to tag me and look to tag Clarity uh, on whatever platform you're on. And our team, including me, I'm always looking to see when people have mentioned us so that I can engage with you. And also we look at sharing content. So if you you write something about something we've done, there's also a good chance we'll share that with our followers. So if you could do that, that is a massive, massive help as we try to invest in as many leaders as we can around the world. Last of all, you can check out my book about how to deal with difficult people even if you hate conflict. It's called Step Up or Step Out. It's available on Amazon. You can just look up Step Up or Step Out, John O'White, or you can go to store.consultclarity.org forward slash book and check it out there. I 
have coached leader after leader after leader and in more than 50% of the sessions, this topic comes up. How do I deal with this person? I'm finding it really difficult and, and I just wanna find a way that doesn't blow up to do a really, just to have a difficult conversation, to lead them better. How do I do that? There's a three-step process that I outline in this book that I believe can help you. Okay, let's get into today's episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast. Enjoy. Welcome to another episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast. Today's guest is Brett Mannion. Brett is president of HHS Aviation. Welcome to the podcast, Brett. Thank you, Jono. Thanks for having me today. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Um, as we were saying before, I know that all the different leaders I have on are very busy. <laughs> and so I always appreciate <laughs> you making the time to uh, to have a chat about your story. Uh, first of all, tell us about um, HHS Aviation and what you do. Sure, sure. So HHS Aviation uh, is a, a wholly owned subsidiary of HHS. And HHS has been around for <clears throat> about 47 years. And we're a privately held company, uh, still still held by the founder's family, founding family. And uh, we serve multiple different industries, actually. Uh, some of those industries are healthcare, government services, education, resorts, the newest of which is aviation services. And HHS Aviation, uh, we provide aviation support services to airlines and airports. So as an example of that, uh, we help airlines improve their interior aircraft appearance and their onboard environment for their passengers by providing them with high quality cleaning services and allowing them to focus on what they do best, of course, you know, flying the aircraft and providing safe flight for their, for their customers. Yeah, fantastic. Thank you for unpacking that. Let's, uh, let's jump straight into your story. I want to uh, start at the beginning. If you think back to your childhood when you were growing up, what were some of the moments or themes from that season of Brett's life that really shaped you into the person and leader you are today? Well, that's a that's a great question, Jono, and you know, it, it's something that kind of immediately comes to mind for me. <clears throat> when I was younger, uh, my parents were involved in environmental activism. Um, we lived in an area where there happened to be a, a, a large amount of uh, ground pollution, water or groundwater pollution, and things like that. And, and we grew up, of course, I grew up in an area where one of the largest employers was a major chemical company, and so. With them being involved in that, act, that environmental activism, I got to meet a lot of people that believed in really standing up for what was right, regardless of whether it was popular or not. And that really kind of set the standard for me of you know, how I should approach things in life, how I should approach things as an individual, how I should always you know, look for the good and look for the right in things and make sure that I stand up for those things and, and stick to what I believe is right and, and you know, go, go at that full force. Yeah, that's great that you had that from a young age. Do you, are there any stories around that, that theme that come to mind? You know, you think of yourself when you were young and, and you think, oh, that's right. Yeah, how you approach something or how you saw other family members approach it um, stands out in your memory. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, I remember, uh, of course, my family was very close when, when I was younger. And um, so whenever my parents would go to, you know, any, any events or any type of activism uh, events where, you know, they were maybe, maybe they were protesting or maybe they were, um, you know, just simply having a meeting to discuss uh, how to improve groundwater quality with the, with the local uh, uh, 
municipalities and, and the organizations uh, that are the, the chemical companies that were local. And, you know, it was it was challenging at first, I would say, because as a young child, I, I, didn't, I didn't necessarily know the full breadth of what was going on and, and why things were so important. And in some cases, it was a little uncomfortable. Um, sometimes the conversations would turn a little contentious or in some, some cases you may be, you know, tagging along as um, they're protesting a, a site where uh, pollution is being dumped into a river or something like that. <clears throat> and so it was, uh, it was an adjustment. It was, it was getting past that, that, uh, that uncomfortable feeling and realizing what was happening and realizing that I wanted to model myself after that type of behavior and, and make sure that I carried that with me for the rest of my life. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as you grew older from there, can you remember one of your first leadership opportunities, whether it was when you were at school or whether it was much older, where you think back and you think, yeah, that was probably, uh, you know, an early opportunity to lead something that stretched you and, and challenged you as a young leader. Yeah, I so I always kind of gravitated towards, you know, that leadership role and leading people and leading teams that I think if I think of kind of the first formal opportunity uh, where I had an op- where I had a chance to be a leader in my career, uh, it was I was relatively young. I was, you know, just 21 years old and uh, was taking on my first role as a leader in the aviation industry. And I, re- I remember it being very difficult. Um, I, I had a, a team that was much older than I was and, and much more experienced. Um, you know, here I was, a young guy. I thought I thought I knew everything. I was pretty impressed with myself that I had landed this job and was going to be a, a, a manager a leader. Um, and I quickly found that uh, you know I, I had a lot more to learn. Right? I, I, I knew the technical aspects of the job. Um, but even though I've, I've always enjoyed interacting with people and, and learning about people and talking with people, uh, for, you know, for whatever reason, I maybe didn't have the understanding of leadership at that point to realize that that was really what I needed to use as a foundation of leading and, and interacting with this new team. I, I kind of gravitated more back to the management side of things, which isn't always what you need when you're, when you're moving into a new, new opportunity to lead a team like that. So. Uh, I would say that was that was one of the the very early formal uh, opportunities that stands out in my mind, and, and one that um, I would say didn't necessarily start off the way I expected it to, but certainly developed and, and led into um, what I've been able to kind of develop into today as a leader. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and as you think, you know, as, as you think back over your career so far. Um, who are some of who are some of the mentors along the way who've had the biggest impact on you? I guess becoming the leader you are today. Any, I know there's probably a bunch, but are there any that you can think of specifically, and, and you can tell us a little bit about? There, there are a lot, of course. I, I've uh, <laughs> there's several that come to mind immediately, and and they all kind of share you know, several different themes in common. And and interestingly, there that when I think of those that come to mind. Um, and I've had a, I've been very fortunate. I've had an opportunity to work with a lot of very impactful leaders in my life. And some of those have been positive. Um, some of those weren't necessarily positive at the time, uh, or I didn't see them as positive, but they helped me develop into, uh, realizing maybe what not to do as a leader and how to, you know, learn from those situations. But I, I would say that ultimately the, the three individuals that come immediately to mind, um, they all had those kind of common threads where they genuinely cared for you. They genuinely wanted you to do well. They genuinely 
invested time in helping you develop and grow. Um, that coupled with the fact that they, no matter what the situation, uh, they, they always did the right thing. They would always stand up and, you know, even, even if it was something very difficult, um, they, they would, you know, they would do the right thing. And I can think of times where um, we had to make adjustments to our staffing, which would require the reduction, reduction in force. And, you know, we would, we would have planning sessions and strategy sessions on the best way to roll things up to our team members and the best way to communicate. And ultimately, you know, it, it came back to those leaders just kind of putting us back into perspective and saying, hey, look, you know, this is a message that we have to deliver. We have to be very transparent. Um, we have to be very empathetic and, and, you know, help these people through this difficult time. But it is something we have to do and we have to hit it head on and, and you know, go out there and, and communicate effectively and, and you know, share the facts and then help the people get through that, that process uh, once they've learned those facts and understand how it's going to impact them. Uh, the other piece of that is that they kind of instilled in me the fact that if something is worth doing, it's worth giving it your all and giving it everything that you've got. Uh, and, and making sure that you don't leave anything on the table. Um, if you're going to do it, you need to commit to it and, and you need to see it through. Yeah, that's um, that's uh, that's awesome, and and uh, always love hearing about the different people that have that have had that kind of influence on you. Um, as you think about your career so far, are there any aha moments or shifts that come to mind in your leadership where you think, oh, yeah, I probably had something, um, you know, and, and there's sometimes a few where you think for some reason that really stands out in my mind as a pivotal kind of aha moment for me as a leader. What do you think? Yeah. So, you know, I, I mentioned earlier um, that I've, I've always really, I've always really enjoyed um, interacting with people and, and, um, being around people and building friendships and meeting new people and things like that. And, you know, like I said, when I, when I stepped into that new role as a young leader, I, I didn't realize immediately that the, that the foundation for success in leadership was building on that, that very basic element of, you know, getting to know people and interacting with them and understanding what makes them tick and you know, what they want to be successful in and, and how you can help them and, I think, you know, really that was, that was the, a really big one for me and, and realizing that it's not all technical. It's not all, uh, you know, managing to KPIs and, and looking at performance and things like that. It was the human side of things and, and understanding that, you know, it's people that you're dealing with. And, and when you show a genuine care for them and understanding for them, you know, ultimately they'll, they'll step up and they'll produce better, you know, in the long run. Uh, and you help them grow as well. So I think that was kind of one of the key pieces of it. Um, the other piece, I, you know, I, I think ultimately as I continued to grow as a leader through my career, uh, I realized just exactly how much I enjoy working with people and, and developing new leaders and, and helping, you know, young leaders um, or individuals that are new to leadership grow and develop and, and understand how they can have an impact on other people and, and how they can pass it on and, and continue to you know, continue the cycle of developing effective leaders. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's, um, that's a wonderful aha moment. Thanks for sharing that. How, 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 I guess now that you have had longer to reflect on that, what does that look like to live that out as a leader now? How do you, what, what have you learned about how to actually practically lead based on people like you had around that kind of shift in your leadership? 
Yeah, yeah. You know, I um, as I as I've kind of continued through my career, um, I've I've found that value in certainly you know learning about people and what makes them tick is important, but really truly developing relationships with them and developing an understanding for you know what's important to them and and what's important to their family and and where do they you know where do they see their career going and what can they offer you know to 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 better the organization to better the team what do they need from you as a support uh, you know support staff and and and, gu- and the guidance that they need from you to help them succeed as a leader and so i think it's really you know stepping back and approaching each individual in each situation uh, differently depending on the individual you and and not just taking kind of a cookie cutter approach and that was one thing i think that i i think if you spoke with individuals that i you know worked with early on in my career they would say that i was I was probably very, um, very structured and uh, had kind of a cookie cutter approach to things that, that maybe I was at times even inflexible. Um, but I think I've learned that that's not the way to get the best out of people and to help them develop and help them grow. And certainly you know, by doing that, it's, it's helped me develop and helped me grow, um, which is, which has been a win for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Uh and I think um, I think that is one of the biggest uh, challenges around leadership is is realizing the importance of investing in people. And but sometimes it's it's the long option, you know. It's it's um, and uh, and that's really hard to balance. And and that's why I was thinking, you know, how how do you find the balance between investing in people but also hitting KPIs, you know, um, where you're trying to run a successful team and successful organization and at the same time be a people-focused leader? I know they kind of go hand in hand, but I've also experienced and seen how they sometimes are at tension. Um, so, yeah, what, what do you think about that, Brent? You know that that's a that's a great question, and, and it's kind of the the ongoing struggle, right? It's it's something that you have to deal with regularly, and I think what what I do, and you know, anyone that that works with me and is a part of my team will tell you that I'm I'm very big on whether it's with our team members, whether it's with a customer, um, wh- whoever that may be. I'm I'm very big on setting expectations up front, and and so I, you know you start that relationship off with. A, a very solid understanding. You know, everybody's on the same page of, of what to expect from the relationship and what to expect from, uh, you know, what what's expected from a performance standpoint and you know what's expected from a development standpoint and the and a human side of things. And so when you when you put those things up front and, you, and everybody understands exactly what's expected, I think that's a, a great starting point. I think when you you know as you as you work past that into the next phases of it. You have to be firm, certainly. You, you know, you certainly have to manage towards your your ultimate goal and what you're measured by. But you have to be flexible, and you have to understand that there are going to be things that maybe come up that are, you know, maybe they're out of out of you know your control or everyone's control, or or maybe they just you know it was an anomaly that um, you know it, you may not see it happen again, and it had a negative impact on things. But you you have an understanding of how how to help people overcome that and how to improve themselves and how to, you know, ultimately have an impact on producing better performance and meeting those KPIs. So I think it's really kind of that, that combination of setting an expectation, you know, providing mm. the tools that everyone needs to get there and get to, you know, to that end game. 
um, providing ongoing support and development, and then circling back and, and revisiting, you know, how are we measuring up against that expectation? Yeah, that's that's so good. I, I I'm really interested in your industry and and in what you do. I love having people on the podcast from all different sectors. Um, help us understand what what's the what's the biggest problem or challenge you see leaders in your sector facing. Wow. Yeah. So I, I will say, um, I think at this moment in time, we probably share the, the biggest challenge with most other industries right now. And that's really identifying, you know, solid, solid, uh, talent and, and being able to recruit them and, and bring them into the team and then being able to retain them. Uh, that's tough. It, it's, it is absolutely a, a challenge right now. And I think it's, you know, certainly not unique to aviation or aviation support. Um, I think it's you know, certainly something that's impacting everybody out there. Um, and it, you know, it's, uh, it's not something that has a, a, a quick answer. It's not something that you can say, oh, well, this, this is, this is, and this is, this is what works. It's really kind of an ever evolving process where, you know, you, 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 you look to find talent wherever, wherever it may exist, right? You, you know, you, the traditional methods don't exist anymore. You, you can't just hope to put a job out, uh, a job posting out on the traditional websites or the traditional industry uh, publications um, and hope that you will you know, get a, a, a plethora of resumes that come in of talented people that want to work for you. It just doesn't happen anymore. And so you have to be very intentional about trying to seek out talent and, you know, when you're out in your community and, and you find someone that displays the quality that you think would be effective uh, in, on your team, you know, strike up that conversation with them and, and, you know, let them know what you're all about and let them know about your culture and, and, you know, see if they're interested in, in, in coming to work for uh, and maybe in some cases a new industry. Um, it, you know, I found that a lot of the, the best people that I've been able to recruit weren't ones that, we're looking for a job, you know, they were, they were ones that uh, I was able to kind of stumble across, uh, you know, working somewhere else in the community and, and just happened to see what a great job they were doing and performing in their, their position and, and, you know, striking up a conversation and asking them if they wanted to step into a new career. Yeah, I love that. I think um, one of the biggest things I've definitely found in this area, chatting with a lot of leaders is, uh, you know, one of the most helpful filters I use when we're chatting about um, talent, you know, keeping and finding great talent. When it comes to finding people, I, I say, you know, you you should create whether it's at the package and also how you how you explain the vision of what your team and your organization does, so that people would literally move countries. And I think that's because sometimes you'll sometimes you'll actually need them to, you know, particularly right now. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so you know, you've got to think way beyond how you know okay, what's kind of the benchmark? And you've got, to get, you've got to throw that out and really think creatively. And that's why I love what you're saying. It's actually not just looking at job seekers, but looking in your network and saying, um, who is there, even even thinking down the line, who are some people that I can invest in or, or build relationship with or check in with who I've worked with previously and see how they're going in case maybe they are somewhere, but they they might be the person for this role that's coming up for us. Um, do you have any tips, like really practical tips on, I think so many people listening will be nodding along going, yeah, that's exactly the same in our industry. It's, <laughs> it's really challenging. Is there anything that you found really practically that's, that's worked or any approach that you have in that area? 
Well, you know, as you were just speaking, you hit on something that's just so, so key and so important to this process is when you do identify those individuals and, and you do get them to you know, commit to joining your team, uh, it's so important that you take that opportunity to invest in them because that, that's, that is now, you know, as important in many cases as compensation. P- people want to grow with an organization. They want to feel like you're investing in them and, and helping develop them. They want to feel like they're making an impact. And, and so, you know, once you've got them on the team, that's really just the starting point. You, you have to take that opportunity to really, you know, show them what your culture is all about and show them that, you know, you, you, what your vision is and that you're, you're, you're a, a, you know, a caring organization that wants to help develop them. And, and whether that be technical skills or leadership skills or whatever that is that's important to them, you have to take that opportunity and, and, you know, invest in developing them in, in hopes that they will continue to grow with your organization and, and not take that elsewhere. Uh, I think that's just absolutely one of the key important pieces to this is, is, is ensuring that that piece is, is added in once you've brought them aboard. Yeah, I agree. I think that you said that really well. Um, let's jump into Leadership Express. I have a, a few questions for you, sure. Brett. Love to hear your thoughts. Um, firstly, a book or many, sometimes people have more than one. Um, can you think of a book that you've gifted a lot to other people or that you recommend a lot to other people? Certainly, there, there are a lot out there today, but I would say the one that comes to mind and that I reference most frequently and share most frequently would be Leaders Eat Last by Simon Sinek. Uh, you know, I and and the message in that is just it's so so key to, to successful leadership, and it's you know it it centers around developing a, an environment where your team members feel safe and that they can trust you, and they, they understand that you support them and that you're invested in their in their success, and you know not only your own but in their success, and it's just so important, and and so I, I like to share that. Uh, that book with new leaders, but also individuals that, you know, just are coming on the team that maybe have, you know, that, that aren't so new leaders that just need to kind of brush up a little bit and understand what that, fo- how important that focus is. Yeah. Great. Um, great recommendation. What about uh, for you? Are there any podcasts that you listen to any um, uh, journals you read or, or magazines or blogs, you know, anything right now that you're really excited about and, and um, you know, and it, it's okay if it's industry specific as well, because that's always really interesting for people to hear. You know, I, I do read a lot of industry, industry specific journals and, and publications, John, but I got to tell you that the ones that are really most impactful to me, and I think the ones that, you know, that really excite me most. Uh, there's kind of two that jump to mind. And uh, one is Mental Performance Daily um, by Brian Kane. And it's really focused on, it, they're very short uh, sessions, you know, maybe three, five, seven minutes in that ballpark, usually no more than about 15. Uh, and they focus on kind of mental toughness and preparation and getting your mind right and, and making sure that you, you know, kind of align all of those things that are important in your life so that um, you can step in and, and start fast and finish strong. Uh, that, that would be number one, I would say. The other one, and this kind of, you know, going back to Simon Sinek, um, a bit of optimism and, and just a, a great message in, in that particular podcast. And it just kind of centers around being a better leader, but also being a better person in general. And it's just, it's a, it's a great message. It really, it really allows you after you've listened to some of the sessions to 
kind of sit back and reflect on yourself and ask yourself how you can make those improvements to, to be a better leader and a better person. Yeah, that's great. Um, thank you for sharing those recommendations too. Uh, what about one-on-one -on -one meetings? This is something that people always want to know about. Do you have any tips for running uh, you know, and, and having great one-on-one -on -one meetings with your direct reports? Yeah. So, and this is one that I'd say probably, you know, has, has I, where I've, an area where I've developed over the years as a, as a leader and um, certainly one-on-one -on -one meetings. I, I try, you know, my, my best to ensure that the individual I'm speaking with is comfortable and, and, and that it's, you know, more of a conversational type atmosphere than, you know, a, a leader and, a, and a, a team member having a, you know, a, a business conversation. It's, I, I like to have that, that feel where I'm there to, you know, discuss things about you know, themselves, things about me, whatever. But ultimately, you know, having that open dialogue is, is really important. Um, some of the things that I've kind of learned over time is to make sure that if you're you know, trying to get someone to speak and trying to get someone to open up, you, you've got to ensure that the questions that you're asking are kind of open-ended and leading and making sure that they, you know, they can't just answer with very brief answers, that, that it requires some thought and, and quite requires them to engage. But uh, the other piece that I think is probably one of the harder ones for me to uh, to learn over the years is to, to not speak as much as they do, <laughs> you know, to, to kind of to speak less frequently and, and uh, you know, really digest what you hear from them and, and take it in and, and make sure that you frame any follow up questions um, with what they've just recently said in mind and, and, and really digest, you know, the information they've shared with you and, and focus on what the, their message is and, and then, uh, you know, continue on with the discussion. Yeah, that's great advice. Um, what, what about favorite questions? You mentioned there making sure that you don't do too much of the talking. Are there any favorite questions that you think, oh, yeah, I probably ask that question quite a lot in one-on-ones when I'm with the team, when I'm um, maybe, uh, you know, with a group of stakeholders? Are there any go-to questions that you have? You know, I, I there there are, um, and, of course, it kind of depends on you know, the, the topic of the meeting or the I think my team would probably uh, would, would say this is my go-to. Um, it's very simple, frankly. It's, it's are, are we doing our best? Are, are, we, are we doing our best? Are we doing our best? You know, are we doing what we say we will do? Uh, why? You know, what, what do we need to get there? And that really, in most cases, prompts queries. And of course, it depends on you know what that first answer is. Is if if we're doing our best and if we're doing what we have said we're going to do, uh, uh, the discussion's a little shorter. But if yeah, if you answer that question honestly and, and the answer is no, uh, it prompts a lot of follow-up discussion. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's um, I, I love that. It's a great question. Uh, last question. This has been so uh, so much fun getting to to chat around leadership with you. If you could only give one piece of leadership advice to a young leader, what would you say to them? Oh boy, um, you know, I would say um, learn, try to learn your role as a leader early, and, and understand that you know you're there to serve and support your team. Um, you know, never stop learning. Always look for opportunities to learn and always look for, you know, opportunities to improve yourself and others. 
Um, and, you know, I, I would try to, I guess, instill just exactly how fulfilling developing others into, you know, new leaders or evolving leaders uh, is. It's an incredible feeling and, and it, you know, it's, it's fun to, to share things that you've learned and, and to help others try to uh, maybe navigate some of those challenges and, and um, you know, develop themselves as a leader. So I think those would probably be the key pieces to um, any advice that I would give a, a new leader or a young leader. Yeah, that's great advice. Uh, well, uh, thank you so much for coming on and chatting about your story and leadership. For those who want to find out more about, um, you know, about the company and about you, where can people find you online? So the easiest place to find me um, is probably on LinkedIn, as I think probably it is with everyone nowadays. Uh, and of course, it, it's linkedin.com slash in slash Brett M dash Mannion. And to learn more about uh, HHS and HHS Aviation, um, you can visit our website. Uh, website is www.hhs1.com, and it's the number one. Um, and of course, from there, you can visit the different industries that we serve and, and you know, see some leadership bios and learn a, learn a little more about the company in general and our history. Wonderful. Well, I want to thank our listeners for tuning in. Another great episode. Just wonderful to hear the stories from Brett and also to chat about leadership and finding talent. And um, don't forget, I also have the John O'White Leadership Podcast and the Leadership Question of the Day podcast. So feel free to check those out if you want to continue to invest in your leadership. But I want to finish today by saying a massive thank you to you, Brett, for being so generous with your time. And, and uh, it's been a real joy to spend time with you as well. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Uh, thank you, Jono. It's been a pleasure and I hope you have a wonderful day. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast as much as I did. If you're joining us for the first time, don't forget to check out consultclarity.org. That's our website, consultclarity.org. We have so many free resources on there, including our seven questions on leadership series. We've had more than 1,500 leaders from all over the world in all different roles, in different industries, answer these seven questions on leadership and leaders give these in-depth answers around how they spend their time, uh, a book that's been significant for them. It's just a gold mine. It's completely free to access. So go to consultclarity.org and look for that. We'd also love to interview you about your leadership. I believe your experience, your life, your context means that you have advice on leadership that other leaders can learn from. Yes, you, if you're going, not me. Well, no, I really believe you would have something to add. So if you're looking for a way to give back, it's completely free to get involved. And we would love to interview you through the seven questions on leadership. You just go to consultclarity.org forward slash seven dash questions dash interest or Google consultclarity.org seven questions interest and fill out the form and get involved. We have a free resource on our website called the Leadership Survival Guide. It's a 57-page ebook, 10 world-class leaders giving their thoughts on leadership, and that's completely free. It's available on our homepage, consultclarity.org, right at the top. So make sure you go and get that and download it today. 
And we have a free daily email that you can subscribe to. We send this out to over 15,000 leaders from around the world. And uh, it contains the highlights of content from our podcasts, our blogs, um, our books, books we're reading. It's got the best content and it gives you exclusive, limited, early access to our masterclasses, workshops, new products, special offers. It's all for our subscribers. You can go to consultclarity.org forward slash subscribe and join 15,000 other leaders. And you know, my gift to you is to work really hard, particularly through the Leadership Conversations podcast. I have been blown away by the quality of the leaders and I'm learning as much as anyone in doing these interviews. So I'm having a great time. And my gift to you is to keep lining up the best leaders I can to invest in your leadership. Your gift to me, if you're finding this helpful, there is something that you could do that would help us out massively. And that is to write a review and to leave a rating for our podcast or wherever you're watching or listening to this. I can't tell you how much that helps us out. Also subscribe or follow. It really does make a difference in helping us to help more leaders become everything they're meant to be. Another thing that means a lot to me personally is when I see our community share our content. So if you do share this or any other piece of content on social media, then thank you and and please do that. And look for me, John O'White, or Clarity and tag us in your post. Our team is always looking for posts to engage with from our community. And there's also a chance that we'll share your content uh, to go beyond and share it with our followers. Last of all, you can check out my book. It's called Step Up or Step Out, How to Deal with Difficult People Even If You Hate Conflict. I wrote this book because 50% of the coaching sessions I have with leaders, this topic comes up again and again and again. And it's this idea of how do I have this difficult conversation? How do I lead this person better when I'm finding them difficult? Or in some cases you look and you say, I think I might be leading a difficult person. They're just quite difficult to lead or I'm finding them quite difficult to lead. So there's a three-step process that I unpack in step up or step out. And the amazing thing, and I've literally done this myself and I've heard it anecdotally from other leaders as I've coached them, is that if you follow this process, you will see that person step up and change their behavior or make a decision, which is to step out some of the time. Uh, 95% of the time, people will step up or step out in just four weeks. And I stand by that. It's uh, You have to read the book to understand, but uh, I really do believe in it and I've experienced it firsthand. It works. So you can go to Amazon, look up Step Up or Step Out John O'White or store.consultclarity.org forward slash book. Well, thank you so much for listening. We're going to be back with a new episode next time of the Leadership Conversations podcast. And I hope today has helped you to take another step towards becoming the leader you're meant to be. See you next time.